When you feel like you always, you know, quite didn't fit in and you always felt like you wanted to belong and I've been learning that there's this high probability that the place that you're supposed to go in on in life is that place where your mind just always dwells. The best way to support the Work and Play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the Work and Play podcast. That's all you have to do. So if you are liking the Work and Play podcast, the content, the stories that we're sharing, and you know that this will help someone, go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. Now let's get back into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle, and today we have a pretty dope and deep guest today. <laughs> a deep guest. Not usually do I get a chance to talk to someone who runs so deep. So without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. My name is Chris Williams. I'm the CEO of Resonance Productions. I'm also a co-founding partner of The Vibe Collective, also an actor, so just all-around creative. Yeah. And exploring all the being, all the parts of you. Almost being. definitely. Yeah. It's so important to, as we were saying earlier, when you get the opportunity to see how you can participate in other areas of your life, um, we always think about, is this going to be successful or is this going to um, make me money? But if it makes me a more valuable individual, then I'll have more to share. And ultimately, money is attracted to a person of value. So the more experiences you have, mm -hmm. When you're rich in experience, then of course, the goal and, and the law is that riches will be attracted to you. Wonderful. Yeah. That literally embodies the self-actualization piece that we talk about yeah. on the podcast. Oftentimes I'm, I'm interviewing folks who went from corporate into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and that route Oftentimes, it opens up all these other opportunities where they can explore parts of themselves. Oh, for sure. That's part. That's the part that I like to dig into. So for you, in terms of self-actualization or your journey, what has been that process from you to, from going from either a nine to five mm. into what you're doing now, or what has your career process been? So how my journey really started, like when I took my leap of faith was I was working in physical therapy. I worked in the wound care department. I was a wound care technician. And this job required me to talk to a lot of older people for hours because their treatment periods would be for a long period of time. And simultaneously, social media had started to have the 15 second videos, so I sing as well. So I started singing online and as what I was putting out there, I started to get those types of opportunities back towards me and people were asking me if I could come and do this or come and do that, sing. So went from singing to acting, modeling, and I would show some of that content to these older people and I would essentially passively or directly talk about the viability of my dreams. And what I realized was the people who had gone all over the world, who had done a lot of things but were now there, at the time they had a much more open outlook to life and people who had never left that area who'd never gone anywhere before didn't quite see the viability of those dreams and once i started to realize there was a pattern with the um, advice that people were giving and then it started to make me really think about was i personally thinking about 
what the potential of my dreams could be because of how other people were validating them or not. And once I had a more authentic view, because I had this opportunity to have an opinion about myself, because I was in this sphere of influence from mm -hmm. other people's opinions, mm -hmm. I decided, you know, over a progressive period of time, it was time for me to make that leap of faith. And right in the middle of physical therapy school with $250, I just left and um, I had a, I was in a web series that was filming in Atlanta. Um, and, and moved down here and, and just went for it. And that first year was definitely very rough. It was uh, character building for sure. But um, a lot of the jobs that I worked, worked in restaurants and whatnot, they're not exactly what they appear to be. Um, there's a lot of emotional intelligence that goes into it. There's a lot of understanding what you can control versus everything else you can't control. Yeah. If the kitchen's gonna be backed up, if the bartender has to go home early, if somebody dra drops a rack of glasses, you still have to be able to serve and focus on the experience of the other person. Mm -hmm. And so although looking at the parameters, the numbers, logistics, that's not the most obvious thing that is the line of work, but from a state of being as a human individual, a lot of those areas of your being have the opportunity to be exercised and so as I was building that it was simultaneously helping me as an actor because there's so much emotional intelligence involved in that but the one pattern with all of the different jobs that I've had even up till now doing video production is service and all the things that go into service about really focusing on what the other person needs um, focusing only on what you can control um, being able to, flexible and malleable to be able to move with a lot of different parts going on. Mm -hmm. um, that's been a consistent through line in all of the work that I've done. Wow. <laughs> I'm thinking about so many things and, and I will be blessed in remembering all of my questions. But yeah. I, think that, <laughs> I think that when you say a leap of faith, you also... Um, you know, you also give it context that after you took your leap of faith, it was character building afterwards. For sure. Some people um, are afraid of that leap of faith, right? Mm -hmm. Because it there's no strategy around it. There's nothing. You just jump out. Right? Yeah. Do you think that it was that character building year happened because you didn't plan it, or do you For think sure. everything you experienced was how it was supposed to happen? Well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it was how it was supposed to happen, but at the same time, I think you make certain decisions when your back is against the wall and it's like, this is just what I have to do and I have to go with what I know. Um, and particularly the service industry, they care a lot about your personality type and what type of, you know, are you a really nice person? I mean, quite frankly, I made it my resume. I didn't have any serving experience. And luckily, after some failed attempts, I ran across a manager who she just slid the resume to the side and was just like, tell me about yourself. And I was like, well, I can talk. You know, I can tell you about myself. So I led with that. And, you know, that was, that ended up being the most important thing, the most important aspect. And so I think if we're always trying to think about all the, of who we are, that's not something that we actually can hold within our mind, but we have a natural inclination to focus on certain things. And sometimes we have to trust that, you know, if we, if we end up in an unfamiliar environment, 
there's natural inclinations about ourselves that's going to gravitate to certain people in the room, to certain jobs, you know, what our natural focal point is. And from that, we'll get more of what we're ready for at that particular point in time. So, you know, I do think, you know, having a plan is definitely good, but to understand that what you ultimately want to do is an expression of who you naturally are. You need to get in an environment or in an uncomfortable zone where you have that opportunity to, you know, to have an opinion about who you really are when you don't have the facade of the structural systematic safety net. Did you say uncomfortable zone? Yeah. I like that. I, one of the things that I talk about in my coaching is intentional discomfort. Mm, yeah. For a lot of professionals who are just going up the ranks, right? Just getting job to job and going through the normal system, life is comfortable. Yeah. And you can really choose to stay that way for the rest of your life. Yeah. But the desire to be more, mm -hmm. it's like, well, if you want to do more, you just said like finding those uncomfortable positions. Yeah. It, it, it requires a leap or it requires you to do something that puts for yourself sure. in the... Yeah, I've had to find a way to become comfortable with discomfort and to allow that to be a part of the process because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're thinking about it in, in the gym sense, when you have that soreness after you work out a muscle or you do a different routine than you've previously done, a lot of times you have soreness because the routine has identified points of weakness that could be strengthened. And so in the same sense, in an interpersonal sense, in a social sense, when you feel that discomfort, when you feel those points of weakness, that's helping you to identify areas where you could do some more training. I read a book, uh, The Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Mm -hmm. And she said, imagine that every person in your life is like an emotional trainer and they're there to teach you something um, that you wouldn't learn any other way. And so if it's taking you all of your choices and decisions to arrive at this very moment, what other space is there more valuable than the sum of all your experiences? So if you feel like I need to do this and I need to go there, you know, you should really do that and you should figure that out because in the corporate sense, in that logistical sense, those jobs are always going to be there. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be there and you're always going to be able to find a way to get back into it. But life is short and you only have but so much time to go after your dreams. So, you know, you go for go it. You got to go for it. <laughs> There's another saying that um, aligns with what you said that I've heard in my lifetime, but it's if... Um, if you don't know who you are, mm. you know, the world's going to tell you who you are. Right. right. Someone's going to identify what they, who you are and what they need yeah, to yeah. use you for that. And I can only think about that, that saying as you're telling the people in the wound care department, like your dreams, mm. and you're deciding like you're, you're subconsciously deciding which ones are viable and which ones aren't based on the ones who are hearing you. So if I heard you correctly, there was a time when maybe the world was telling you who you were supposed to be. For sure, for sure. Like, we can get lost and think that our identity is just the echo chamber of frequent opinions that we're around most often. And that is what we call being a product of the environment. 
and the environment is only conducive to certain um, to certain information you know certain ideas people are in your family only going to talk about but so many topics they're only going to go but so deep with so many things mm -hmm. but who you are is so much bigger than the social constructs that we use to define our reality and it's until you start to own that authenticity can you really diverge your own path mm -hmm. you know it was dl hughley i was watching on cnn who said that to be authentic is to be divergent so to, to really go against the grain, to really um, disrupt the idea of the space that you're already in, when much of it is a function of like media and television programming or tradition, mm -hmm. um, is you have to ask yourself, is this all that I am? Yeah, you have to. So what led you to physical therapy? Part of it was, of course, external. But what internally at that time, what were you telling yourself about your career? Well, how I first got into it was, so I used to be a swim coach. I was a swim coach for six years. And when I moved to Charlotte, I thought that I wanted to join a master swim team for people like 21 and over. And I couldn't find a team that was like, that I really wanted to be a part of. So. I decided that I would be a swim coach and so I got a job at the YMCA and I just enjoyed that like I don't know just helping people to identify like where their 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 weaknesses were or where they needed to work on different things and trying different ways to help them get there I also enjoyed like the fact that you know people come in in a bank they're there for maybe 15 minutes tops but you know you're you're coaching kids or you're coaching people through physical therapy and they're there for a longer period of time so you can really appreciate the overall growth the whole track that they're on and i don't know i liked it also because it was like really casual and um i guess again i mean it's just service-based and I just, I don't know, I really thought that that was something that I really, really wanted to do at the time, mm -hmm. but I realized that that's a means to an end, it's not the end. You always get yeah. inside, it wasn't going to be like 20 years down the line. Yeah, like, at the time, I didn't really know, I was just thinking about the next amount of money that I was going to get paid for, I wasn't really thinking like all the way down the line of course when i would go home i would sing and i would you know i would do creative things i would draw and stuff but because of who i was around my mom would say like well you got to do something that's going to really make money mm -hmm. and that really scared me from like trying to do anything else but i had just got to a point where once I started to do those creative things once i started to sing in the dc area once i got the opportunity to model and I looked at the back of the camera and I was like, that's me? Like, wow, you know, once I got the opportunity to act and I was around Robin Givens and Rodney Perry and I was like, they're just like me, you know? So experience is just so important because I, I always use this frame, I feel uh, this phrase, but when you have the opportunity to have an opinion about yourself differently, it's so powerful and that comes through experience 
when you have a different experience, a new experience, only then can you really evaluate, like, have the thought patterns that I've been subscribing to truly been informed by who I am or just where I was and who I was around? That's, that is consistently <laughs> going to be the, the topic of the day, but it's super deep. And it makes a lot of sense about like the exploration mm -hmm. part. So what was the time frame between you having these conversations about your dreams okay. with some of the patients and, and then you taking the leap, but then seeing results mm. from you make, from taking action? Well, it was a year of me working in physical therapy and simultaneously trying these different things before I decided that I was going to go for it. And it was also, it was like a twofold thing because it was like, I was having my idea of success in these environments because I was getting a lot of fulfillment. I wasn't getting a whole lot of money, but I was getting my idea of success. Now, simultaneously, my life at home was like really breaking down as well. Like I had introduced two of my best friends to each other. They thought that they would be better off as best friends together. Mm -hmm. I was staying with my mom at the time. She was selling her house. I was now on like final warning at work because flying back and forth doing this web series. Like I was late to work, I was tired. And so I didn't really feel like I had any other option than to go for it. And at the time, it seemed like it was going to be a very easy move. Somebody on the cast told me I could stay with them till I found a job and get on my feet. Then I got to Atlanta and then they didn't answer their phone. So I had to, I just really had to figure it out. And I knew that I couldn't go back home. So one of my friends got a job at a restaurant. He helped me to, to get in there and um, very quickly they could tell I didn't have any serving experience. I got fired from there. Okay found another serving job, um, got fired from there, another one that was far away, just couldn't stand it, it wasn't like paying enough. So I quit there to the point that I was driving for Postmates and um, I pulled up at Bar Taco and uh, that's where the manager slid the resume, resume to, the to the side and just really got to know me. But at this point in time, I realized, you know, I might not be the best server yet, but there are two things that I can do, and that's to show up on time and to have a great attitude. So I worked it from that angle. I was never, I was probably late to work maybe two times in the, in the three years that I was there. Um, always had a great attitude, and I was always so interested in my coworkers beyond the uh, uniforms that they would wear and I just was really interested in, like what do you do outside of here because I was like if I can really connect with them then they'll help me to learn how to do this other stuff so simultaneously I'm really getting to know my coworkers. they're also helping me a lot more they're helping bust my tables they're helping to show me shortcuts and I'm getting a whole lot better at serving mm. and that also helped me to feel like who I really was was the thing that I really needed to be in order to be successful. So that just encouraged me even more to be, become even more confident. Um, and I started to take certain liberties that were really authentic. I started a motivational-based a motivational -based book club at the restaurant mm. that we still host. Um, we got a motivational speaker to come to the book club. Yeah, I was like really resourceful. Like I had, I noticed like one of my coworkers, she would draw all the time. So I asked her if she could make the poster board 
And so she took like old cardboard that we would use for the boxes and stuff and put it together. And like she put the date and then the book um, on like two little clips, um, like uh, clothespins mm -hmm. and hung that there. And then somebody in the restaurant, she's a photographer. So I asked her if she could come and take pictures. So she would come and take high quality pictures that my friend Drew was so interested in like interviewing people and doing podcasts. So I said, when the motivational speaker comes, I want you to interview him. And my manager, she was just the best. She, she, so she took care of the food and all the drinks and stuff like that. And we, we would get like 15, sometimes 20 people from the restaurant to come and sit at the book club. And fast forward now, that same manager is an, as a regional manager um, over all the bar tacos in Atlanta. She just got featured in, in Forbes magazine. And she used to, um, she showcased our pictures from the book club. So I'm blown away by this experience. One, because like you learned serving. Anybody <laughs> who doesn't understand serving, and I've never been a server, yeah. but I understand that it, it's more work than people think. It's a challenge, yeah. But then the other part is you finding that being your authentic self is what made you succeed oh, for in sure. serving. That's that's a, a career win, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> especially when the first job you were like, they were like, hold up, this guy does not. Help. Right. He don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you were able to overcome that and put that as a win is dope. Yeah. But the other side, I'm I'm imagining bippity boppity boo with all of these different people and their mm -hmm. skill sets, yes. their strength, their yes. superpowers, yes. and you identifying that in mm -hmm. others yeah. and like giving them a platform to exercise that gift. Yeah, yeah. Did you recognize that that's what you were doing? I haven't had it like articulated in that way, but I always I majored in psychology, and I said if I did go to grad school for psychology, I would have went for organizational psychology. Mm -hmm. And so essentially what you're talking about is organizational psychology. Yes. And so it's interesting how that still ends up playing out. Now, another tier from that was now when I first left the restaurant um, and at the time I was a whole lot more built, a lot more muscular, um, that motivational speaker asked me to partner with him on creating a fitness app called Creative Fitness. And he had a whole team. And so we were working on doing that. But that didn't quite work out because there was two different things going on. One person was concerned with um, who was going to, if she was going to be known as the face and I just wanted to be effective, you know? Um, so that kind of fizzled out. But um, two of the, well, it started with seven when we lost our job from the pandemic. We were working on a small series at the restaurant. These same people from like the book club and stuff, we decided we would do like a five minute series from the restaurant mm -hmm. and we all lost our jobs. So now there's a raging pandemic. Nobody has any income. There's a rogue president going on. And I got this opportunity to now have an opinion about myself and for other people to see how I could function. And ha having read all of these motivational based books, I was like primed to think of every um, obstacle as an opportunity in disguise. Mm -hmm. So I just kept pushing it forward. And we went from supposed to film this short series at the old restaurant to finding a new location, to finding a new production team, starting a GoFundMe where we tried to raise 25,000, we only raised 1,500, but we bought a camera. We casted the actors off for Actors Access. Um, it went from seven people to four people to three people, but those two other people are now my business partners 
in my production company, Resonance Productions. Mm. So, yeah. What was the opportunity that you got to have an opinion about yourself? So, my one of my friends told me that flow is when your skill set meets the challenge. When I lost my job, there were certain aspects of myself that I didn't get to acknowledge, i.e. being a leader and always finding the opportunity and always being optimistic. One of my friends told me, was like, you're not so much an eternal optimist as you are solution oriented. Mm -hmm. So where everybody else was like, this is not the greatest time to try to do this. This is not the best time to try to push this forward. I was like, no, this, this is a great time. Like, we can figure it out. We can, you know, and just continue to pivot. And no matter what happens, you know, part of being optimistic or solution oriented is how quickly can you let go of the expectation of how things were supposed to be and reset and then move forward. You know, if your phone were to get stuck, right, you would immediately turn your phone off and then turn it back on. You would reset it. But how many times in life do people go through things and they get stuck sometimes for weeks, years, decades, because they don't have the ability to release and let go of what they expected it to be yeah. in order for them to have enough capacity to, to envision what's to happen, what's to come forward from that. So... Um, I kind of went on a little tangent there, but <laughs> what I'm getting, if I'm hearing you correctly, is when life started to shift, when when yeah. the pandemic happened, right, and you know people's destinies kind of were up in the yeah, um, you know, up in the air. A lot of people took that opportunity to him and ha. Have you read Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah, no, I haven't. It, but I've heard of it. Everything yeah. you say, philosophy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. is a very simple fable about not being able to pivot mm, and yeah. so when the pandemic first started you know there are people who are just like oh why can't things be the way they're supposed to be mm -hmm. versus you having the the opportunity yeah. to have an opinion yeah. of your life yeah. you're like nah yeah. this is who i want to become i don't care if it's a pandemic or not i'm taking my career i'm taking my life into my own hands for sure no it's and there is we don't live life in a vacuum outside of everything else that's going on. Like life is always there for us. It's always speaking to us. I'm a firm believer in God and he always makes a way. And when I first got laid off from my job and I don't do this this often, but this particular day, um, the day after I created a video on YouTube and I said, this is my first day being laid off. And I never thought you know, working in a restaurant that I would lose access to those people. And, you know, it's, it's about access and be, being able to access people. And, you know, how is it that a virus that started out in China could spread all the way around the world? What if your dreams were that big? What if your ideas were that big? As a matter of fact, they are. One of the most recent videos I did uh, about a month ago was talking and I and I was interviewing um, my B2B business partner who does marketing, talking about the future of the workspace and talking about post pandemic, how people have been able to have access with people all around the world and have seen the quality of ideas in other countries and in global markets and the connection points of all those different things. And literally watching the video was like the word becoming flesh at that particular point in time. And literally playing those two videos back to back, 
like, I didn't I didn't go back and watch the video over and over. I just kind of put it on YouTube. But then afterwards, I was just sitting and I was just really still. And I was like, well, this just feels so deep to me. So I went and I watched the video after I was telling her about it. And it was like, it was like she was, it was like a part two of what I had just said, what I had just said. So, you know, there's this, there's this through line in your entire life that is connected mm -hmm. and we get lost in the whole facade of what everything is, mm -hmm. you know, and whatever, but your design, how you're pre-designed as a person, you have a, a specific way that you're going to function and you're going to participate with life. And when you have different experiences, you're able to, to really see yourself and no matter what it is that is going on, now you talk to people differently. You listen to different things. You, you uh, take in new information and the context of your conversation starts to change. Mm -hmm. So once the context of your conversation starts to change, then you participate with life differently. <laughs> and then you saying? engage with life differently and the outcomes in life are different. That is so true. I'm yeah. laughing. I'm laughing because there is a story that I tell all the time when I knew I was changing. Mm -hmm. It's because um, for a long time, I was never truly a deep person. Nowadays, people might say, girl, you are always so deep. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember being in, uh, I was on a vacation with a friend of mine and we were talking about something race related. Mm. And I said something about someone, I can't remember if it was, if I related to Gandhi or Malcolm, I can't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. And she looked back like, what? Yeah. Like, as if, you know, it was so interesting that I would have an opinion. Right, about yeah. Something. So like you said, you start to engage with, with like life differently and the context of your conversation is different. Yes. And that is just funny because like, you know, if you if if you don't know that you're changing, the like the way people react to you yeah. will start to change. Yeah. And, and honestly, the part about other people telling you who you are there's two sides to that coin mm -hmm. right because yeah. as you continue to experience life that's feedback yes the way people react to you yes yeah life is always speaking to you and so that's why it's so important to like really be humble and once you come out of that emotional spin of somebody telling you something that you may disagree with at that point in time we co-create all of our experiences mm -hmm. so there's always something that we can gain from it and so i try to be like really still even when somebody tells me something or life gives me some feedback that i was like man like god i didn't see that on the to-do list or what was what was coming up but you really sit back and it's just like you know what let me be better for it you know because of what happened but you know life is is speaking to you all the time and when you take the time just in your day-to-day -to, -day to think and be more investigative like with your co-workers um, to acknowledge more of what's really going on in the fullness of your life how nice it is outside that same purview as you're starting to look at another career path for yourself will give you that great level of awareness too. Now when you're doing your market research and you're looking at articles that anticipate where corporate trends are going to be or where commercial real estate is going to be or what is the state of uh, production, 
you're going to be able to use your authentic lens and start to to craft your own specific route so now when you're having these sales meetings or when you're having these proposals and these pitches you can be having uh eliciting these aha moments in the people that you're that you're talking about because you understand that you don't just live in a vacuum outside of life but from you know just from the person that's around you from your day-to-day -day life and then all the way up into your career path having that great level of awareness is something that you know can never be taken away and i always say like you know beyond because being in the acting industry it's like a rejection based industry and so people are always like well you didn't get that you didn't get this and i've had to learn that it's not about anything that i actually get but it's about who i become in the process because no one can ever take that away. Mm. Can we talk about that a bit? Yeah. So, you know, as grounded as you are, and so, and, and I'm putting together the timeline, started, if we started in physical therapy, you took the leap and then you went into the serving industry. Yeah. And then in the serving industry, you also took on acting at the same time? Yeah. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So since the pandemic, how much has acting been a part of the fold? So since the pandemic, let me see, because it like literally after doing acting for like five years, I started to forget some of the roles that I did. Like it would just pop up with my timeline and somebody would send me an email. I'd go, oh, yeah, I did do that because <laughs> you did so many. Um, but I would say the biggest thing that I was anticipating over the course of the pandemic was the um, release of Raising Dion season two. Um, right before then, like um, my best friend had just moved down to Atlanta and she was living with me. And at this point in time, I'm like mature enough within my acting that I'm not just hoping that I book the part, but rather I just want to have a good time. Mm. Like I just want to have a good time. And it's because I had to get to a point where I could watch the audition tape back and say, I enjoyed that and then it was good so but because that was that was what happened or where i was now when i did the audition like we had so much fun and you know and and i just sent it off and i didn't really think too much about it and a couple weeks later she asked me what happened with that audition with raising dion and i said oh i don't i don't really you know follow up on stuff like that anymore like it was fun you know what i'm saying like we'll see whatever happens Literally, as soon as I left her room, I looked at my phone and I had a message from two minutes ago and my agent had said, you're on hold for raising Dion. Yeah. And so... What did you so do? Like, did you go back? I freaked out. <laughs> I went back in the room and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I'm on hold for this. I think I'm going to book it. Like, so... And I did. And... And I went and I filmed and, and it was incredible. At the same time, though, I... I fell off a bird scooter and I hurt my hand and I ended up being in a cast for six weeks mm. and I was like this close to getting recasted um but really interfere with you yeah like my fittings and stuff like that like for the costume because I played a super superhero version of him so you know I had to reschedule a lot of stuff the production was freaking out but they moved my film date um a few months down which i was like shocked because for i mean 
you know, I wasn't playing a, a reoccurring role or anything, but on Netflix, those are $5 million days to reschedule. Wow. And so I was just super grateful about that. And, you know, that was really the, the highest point that I've yet to achieve um, on the acting front, being able to be on Netflix. I've done like TV One, ATL Homicide and stuff and a whole slew of independent work. Um, but that was that was really the main the main thing. I did do another show. Um, I don't know what's like what's going on with that, but I don't I don't really follow like how well does it do or when is it coming out and stuff like that because part of that starts to to air on the side of like of, of having drag and carrying baggage and wondering if and it you just holding on to that again yeah. is is outside of that reset point to just go forward and move forward yeah. so you gave a good perspective um as i was asking you about the acting career i was curious about how being in a rejection oriented culture affected you but you answered it in, in, in saying basically like you were making sure that you were having a good, good time yeah and that was the period to this opportunity yeah for sure so i think that that is definitely something that people can take from that mm -hmm. where people are very you know critical like mm -hmm. of themselves and they're in an environment that's really critical yeah and letting go of the numbers sometimes stop looking at the scoreboard sometimes yeah and just be yeah and it's so important for you to like learn how to have your own measuring system for your own success mm -hmm. if it's always based on how many numbers you're doing how many followers you have then you're literally dependent on supplemental fulfillment something that is outside of yourself that is always going to influence your state of being you can never be whole relying upon supplemental fulfillment mm -hmm. true fulfillment is being able to see and say for yourself I did a great job. I am proud of myself. You have to walk around with yourself all the time. So you better be your biggest cheerleader and you better be your own best friend. You know, like you have to, you, you know, sometimes we talk so, so bad to ourselves. We would never let another person talk to ourselves um, the way that we some okay we would never let another person talk to us the Don't way we some yeah exactly mm -hmm. so you know just being able to like have that independent system like that's what acting and that rejection period of time like really taught me mm -hmm. was like because when I would first audition I was like following up like I can do another take like I can I can uh. I can switch it up like if y'all need me to switch it up and it, it was literally like till I like aligned with that biblical principle I shall not want like it was like the timing of that when I went in my best friend's room mm -hmm. and I was like I'm good like you know like I I don't really worry about nothing like anything like that wow. and it was in that moment that I had booked it that you were so blessed. it was like yeah <laughs> it was like this divine alignment point yeah and so you truly meant it it's kind of like when people really try hard for a baby yeah and as soon as they don't want a baby anymore not want that not that they don't want one but they let go of the desire yeah the then they're blessed with the baby I know it's, it's, it's resistance the shadow that we that we're carrying with us it shows up in the audition room it shows up in the interview like it shows up when we're trying or wanting for the thing or the relationship and it's not until 
we we let go of that and that can be so hard it can be so hard but that's where you know taking um taking life in and saying like okay this happened and i can't change it but i can change how i react to it and how i respond to it Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna take my i'm gonna put my power into that you know um that's what i'm gonna put my light into that and sometimes we 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 spin and we lose our energy you know because we we light into the other person or the ex in the relationship and we go on forever and ever about and i can't believe they did this and they didn't want to take me for the job and then what do you end up doing you're taking a nap because you drained and you're tired and all your energy went into that situation instead of saying you know i think it was carrie washington who said she believes that there's only three answers yes yes but not right now or, or um no because i have something better in mind mm, yeah i've heard that yeah yes. and so adopting that that way of thinking you know it helps you to see what the next thing can be yeah. you know um you know it's like if you're doing an obstacle course and and you're trying to beat your time and run down if you trip you get back up you don't look back and w- wonder what the rock was or you don't stand there and shake your fist at the rope that you missed or whatever you got to get back on there and you got to keep moving forward and that's how you ultimately succeed and i and i like to use this example about um in sports where when you watch the play of the year and you know the play will be the guy goes to the infield and he goes up for the catch and he misses it with his right hand but then he catches it with his left and people say like that was the best play of the year but in reality he made a mistake but he recovered quickly and that's why we call it the play of the year wow that's amazing <laughs> How do people like watching sports with you? Do you oh. are you enjoying like the game? Are you like, did you see that that display of courage? See, that's why I can't like I I admire like the the tenacity in sports, and I admire like the athleticism and the and the agility and ability to pivot and stuff like that. But like, yeah, like, I'm not like a really big just like watch sports type of guy. Like, cause I I mean. I'm just I'm a I'm just like just such a deep person yeah, and like and I just enjoy that, it. But I want you to say I'm such a deep person with your head up. Yes. <laughs> I am such a deep person. <laughs> I know no you and I'm so glad you said that too because you when you feel like you always you know quite didn't fit in and you always felt like you wanted to belong and I've been learning that there's this high probability that the place that you're supposed to go in on in life is that place where your mind just always dwells. Are you still trying to get a leg up on your entrepreneurial career? Now I told you about the morning meetup, the community that was created for the betterment of entrepreneurship. And we are cooking up some really cool things. Now here's the thing. If you join today, you can actually get in for 60% of the original price. So if you join today, all you have to do is download the app and I provided the link below so that you can join us. We have community, we have a book club and it's the largest group that meets every single day, Monday through Friday, 
Friday at 8 a.m. to literally get a head start on entrepreneurship. So if you're still trying to grow, you don't know what your business is going to be, but you know you want to be an entrepreneur, this is the community for you. So check out the morning meetup, click the link below, download the app, and join us today. If you're always thinking about creative ideas, if you're always thinking about the vision about you know how things can be and people always what would make you think that what would make you say that you may be on to something you maybe need to talk with other people who are fixated on ideas who are yeah. fixated on making the imagination real and stop diminishing yourself and dumbing yourself down so that you can just you have these you know nini leaks level no shade like like these just you know around the way type yeah surface level reactionary type of like um interactions that's just like because i I'm, yeah i'm not i'm not good with small talk and i'm like i'm getting older i'll be 35 in june so like whereas before i would try to do that now i just watch mm -hmm. I'll observe people and like and just kind of look at how they react and like I'm like okay she's like she didn't even like the last thing that he said and like you know and and I just find a way where I can still be myself and you know and you let those those people who come come to you like I don't have to be um, in everything at the party if that the, there's that one person that's to the side that's chill and calm that's probably the only one person that i was really supposed to talk to that's amazing that literally yeah. i'm i'm glad you said that because in this moment i'm just i'm just revived because i'm mm. the person in my life who's like <laughs> always deep right? yeah yeah it's yeah like i have said many times like no i just need to be around people who like to be deep yeah you know what i mean yes like, it's not a debbie downer to look at football and to see the through line in the sport yeah and so i just i am like oh, overwhelmed with like oh my god yeah it's so deep and i can imagine your life experiences just based on our conversation yeah so, thank you you're welcome i mean thank you for creating spaces like this to acknowledge more of who you are and to bring in people who see life the way that you do it's the same way that same reason i created a book club because i was like i want to be able to attract out of this space and out of the people around me mm -hmm. like those people who really authentically look at life the way that i do mm -hmm. and then we can engage you know um on ideas and and the potential of things together absolutely yeah speaking of the Vibe Collective. Yes. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a vibe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no pun intended, but pun intended. I got a chance to visit the Vibe Collective one night. Shout out to Darius. <laughs> and um, I really enjoyed myself. So I was I'm just glad. telling you, you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it to the world. Yeah. I was telling uh, a friend of mine before the pandemic mm. that I wanted to do more things like that because mm. very often I got to be this cookie cut out person and yeah. never explored the other areas of myself. Right? Yeah. This conversation comes full circle. <laughs> so what was it? Was this one of the ideas that you had years before that you were like speaking into existence or how did the idea or the concept of mm. that come about? 
Oh my gosh, I think it was, it was a lot of different things that were going on. I mean, um, my best friend and I, we've been friends since middle school. She taught me how to sing. She would do poetry and then she would start singing and then I wanted to learn and she was like, well, you, you, you kind of have a voice, but you gotta, you're down here. And I was trying to be like the tenors on the radio. So she helped me to find the pocket for my voice. Um, and then once she moved in during the pandemic, there was just, just that natural synergy going. Like now we would, you know, we would freestyle together and we would be singing and stuff like it. We were just kind of waking up that way that we would kind of talk and converse in our, in our creative sphere. And at the time I had went on a trip, a cabin trip in the DC area. And I remember watching while we were waiting to leave something on TV, some guy had put on YouTube Taco Tuesdays, which it's like um, artists that get together at each other's houses, like big time artists, mm -hmm. and they would just jam out and just have a good time. And I just was like, wow, that would be like really cool, like if we did something like that. So when I got home, I talked to my best friend. I was like, well, why don't we have like a jam session at the house? And I was like, we can invite over some musicians and we can invite over some people that sing and stuff like that. And we'll just have a good time. And, you know, the first one, the band didn't show up. Um, so we just had to play beats on the uh, Bluetooth wow. speaker. But we had a good time and, mm -hmm. and we just we just sang and freestyled and then the, then we were like everybody said you know it was fun so the second one uh we we finally got the band to come over and we had people and everybody was just singing and freestyling and i had my camera equipment going and we were recording it and then after that somebody from the event called and said hey my friend over at Cafe Lucia's is looking to do an open mic. Um, is that something y'all would be interested in? It's like, yeah, well, you know, but we talked to her, it was like, look, we haven't done this like on a professional scale yet. So, you know, we're, we're just learning. And so, you know, she was very gracious and she let us come in and she just wanted to make money at the bar. And, you know, we were just doing it for free at the door to start. And so the first show was, you know, it was pretty decent. The second show, had more people um and let me back up a little bit um so after she asked us about the show like doing the show um we had like an interest meeting at the house and it was interesting because my best friend was like i don't know how i'm gonna do this because i don't have a team like you i said you do have a team so i'm always like you just speak what it is and so like the next day, um, I think like eight people showed up, six of them, um, as we were talking, we were talking about ideas, came up with the name, The Vibe Collective. I pulled out the whiteboard and just started writing down keywords and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, so then we need to come up with a mission statement or whatever. And I came up with a mission statement. And so then, um, you know, that's how the first, the first meeting went. And then you know, people started pulling their resources and, you know, Callie was like, I can make shirts and, you know, um, you know, Nice was like, I can, I can get the band together. And Tyree was like, I have a Bluetooth speaker. And people were all like pitching in with what they could do. And so then, then we went to the cafe, had the first show, it was great. Second show, more people, third show. Oh my gosh, it was people all outside the door. And it wasn't like they were waiting to get in because there was no way for them to get in, but they were listening from outside the door. 
And so, and everything went wrong that show logistics wise. Like the, she didn't have enough people behind the bar. Um, at the end of the night, the fire marshal had, had came, but the show was over, so we were good. Um, I was I was an hour and a half late because I was like working on the video that we were gonna play, but the band was on time, the crowd was excited, and everybody in the collective just put on that brave face and made sure everybody had a great time. So I feel like that was like a really good test, was like if I take down everything and just let you serve the people and people whose really hearts are in it, yes. will you do what you need to do? Yes. And I could tell because I've learned enough to listen to life that when there's a lot of disruption, that sometimes it's time for you to move. Sometimes it's time for you to leave. And so that night had a lot of disruption with like, the you know the lady she ended up kind of having like she was upset about some things and you know and the fire marshal came and the people were outside and i said y'all we're gonna have to find a new location and they're like no we gotta just figure i said we have to find a new a new location mm. and so they were like, okay like so then you know we started looking around to find another location and that's where we ended up over at unity cafe where they have a capacity for up to 200 people and I looked online to look at their reviews and see what they were really about and their mission. And they were about some of the things that we talked about like during that interest meeting with like helping the youth and mentoring them and creating black equity and um, helping to create ownership in our communities. And that's something that, that they're on mission to be able to do as well. And so it's just continued to align and since we've been there, I think we're at four or five shows at this new location and they've been great. And I like yesterday we had a, a show and I had to step outside because I was just looking through the window. I was like, this started in my living room. Like this started in my living room. People are in here and they're making money and they're having fun and they're cheering each other on. Oh gosh, I'm not going to do it. So... <laughs> Like you are yeah, the like because you are following your true self, yeah, your authentic self. You are literally opening your energy is opening the door for so many people who don't even know Ooh. you yet. Yeah, I I say I say that um, the same way that you can talk to somebody and you'll say to them, oh, that's, they'll tell you you said exactly what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the ideas that come through you or the words that come through you are not for you. They're for other people. Mm -hmm. And so in that same line of thought on an interpersonal level, in an ambition level, sometimes the ideas that come through you, they're, they're too big for you to just do yourself. But the reason they came through you is because you believe in a world where more people can do this together. Yeah. And because you think that way, that idea flows through you and it has more potential to become a reality because that's the way that you see things can possibly be mm -hmm. everything that we have started out in somebody's in mind mm -hmm. and and it's just had the, the time and the trials to be able to manifest physically mm -hmm. and so you know when we just acknowledge that truth it's not you know trying to get ethereal whatever you can look this up in science it's everything is energy you know so you know when you maintain that disposition about yourself no matter what who's around you and like those two things i did 
at Bar Taco, just show up and have a great attitude. That's what I tell my team now. I'm like, I don't care about your skill set level. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like, what you don't know what you're good at. I don't worry about that. Just show up on time and have a great attitude. And we can figure out all the other stuff. Because I'd rather be around people who have great energy mm-hmm. and lack experience because you can get that than people who have experience but their energy just drains every piece of life force out of you yeah okay listen (laughs) there's a little i'm still a little curious yeah i'm gonna keep you here all day but i was thinking well one thing is uh you just shared it kind of like um your ideas are not for you but then also going back into your story of how like that one um fitness uh work at like fitness um Mm -hmm. endeavor didn't necessarily work because you just wanted the you wanted to be effective and someone wanted more of the spotlight yeah one of the things that the first day of orientation in my social work degree Mm -hmm. uh was don't be consumed with being the person in the spotlight Mm -hmm. if change is what you really want Mm -hmm. and literally coming back to what you're saying remembering what exactly i am bringing into the world and Remembering that credibility goes out the window if what you seek is change. I think that Mm. for those people who are trying to break into impact and truly change the world, we gotta let that ego put it to the side for a bit. For sure. People focus a lot on visibility, especially nowadays, social media and everything, wanna be seen instead of impact Mm -hmm. and being effective. You know, I used to desire to be famous, but now it's like I desire to be effective. And if being effective gets me famous, then it's for the right reasons. Because a lot of people that's out there that are just out there and it's just like, we out here, y'all. Like, we just out here. (laughs) And there's just nothing really, you know, going on. And, you know, when you just you just want to be seen or it's just about the position that you're in. You know, that is something that's always going to be fleeting. What happened with the celebrities when, you know, they got lumped into the social media world and they weren't getting as much engagement as the social media influencers were because now they didn't have the award shows and the talk shows and all that stuff to highlight them, you know, and and working on a corporate job, you lose your job and you lose your position. But never forget that it is you who is doing the job. It's you who is finding the solutions. It's you that is, you know, that is showing up and having these high-level conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is ultimately you. Not and the brand. Not the brand, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can take my position, but you can't take my glory. And that's the thing you have to, like, you have to know about yourself because everything that you do in some regard is an expression of your personality and so as long as you stay true to who you are, you'll end up right back in another place where you could be effective and, and ideally in your own right, where you don't have to compromise or diminish any aspects of you of yourself mm-hmm. to, to be successful. It was um, Billy Porter who said, wherever my truth l- leads me is where I'm supposed to end up. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I'm not interested and in, I've spent so much time like dumbing myself down and diminishing myself because of what other people thought or how they 
thought I was supposed to be. And so once you start to get glimpses, like I can really do this thing and be myself. And I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm just myself where, wherever I go, like best I can be. I am myself. I'm still a work in progress, you know, but you having that knowing is like that thing that I'm looking for is also seeking me. And even now I look back at my life mm -hmm. to find similar patterns to help me to figure out where it is that I'm going. And you might think, well, that maybe that's a little ethereal. Scientists do it all the time. When they look at what is the trajectory of this asteroid been so that I can then predict where this asteroid is going to end up mm -hmm. at a particular point in time. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's the same thing in our life. There's these, these common things that are going on mm -hmm. and, you know, we can, we can, we have to be able to, to take ourselves out of the, the whole facade, the position, the visibility, and just look at like, how have I been effective? And in every job that I've worked, who have I truly been? Mm -hmm. And build from that. I love it. You mentioned um, the trajectory and it reminds me of my very last question. It was about before, you know, the journey really began. Um, Maybe it wasn't before because I'm trying to understand the timeline, but there was a point in your life where you said that, you know, you're from your, your relationships were kind of dismantling. Mm -hmm. And I think about the positive story, I'm, I'm characterizing it as positive, but life happens mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking about the part where you said, um, you know, life was dismantling or your relationships were dis dismantling. And I'm curious of how you learned to be as some of these very integral relationships were being affected mm -hmm. were you looking at yourself like what's going on what's going on or how oh, for you? sure yeah in the moment like it was just it was very hard like it was just very difficult like you know going through stuff like that i didn't understand it um now with introducing these two best friends to each other i was simultaneously doing modeling and acting at the same time and i was telling them about it and they come from that life where that's not something that we all do. And so I'm like super excited about this. And they just fly, okay, yeah, all right. So where's the turn up tonight? Like, send me the flyer, you know? Like they just didn't have the bandwidth or the capacity to really go there with me. And so even if it wasn't directly diminishing, it was passively because they didn't get on the frequency with me of it and start to help me to see more of the potential. It just made me kind of shrink myself a little bit. I didn't realize that at the time. I just thought that that's what happens, you know, when you tell certain people ideas like they just that's what they're going to give you. So maybe it's just not that maybe it's me, you know, um, but my mom told me that they were jealous and I was like jealous like no like that that's not jealousy like I was I couldn't possibly see that you know but moms they always just know and she was like no they're jealous because you're out here and you're doing these things and they're not getting these opportunities to be able to do those things and you know but following who you are again that authenticity being divergent that a divergent thing is a violent thing like it is a violent act and there are going to be consequences some that you don't anticipate or expect but you know you're always going to have to let go of something in order to grab on to the next thing 
And there was an actor who was on the first series that I was working with when I was uh, getting ready to move. I was kind of going over the whole idea of it and I had messaged him. I said, you know, I'm just so worried about what I'm going to lose and the friends that I'm going to lose and stuff like that. And he said, you're going to connect with people in ways that you were never able to connect with those friends before. And, you know, that really stuck with me because we can't see what we're going to gain for what we lose. And, you know, there's going to be those little indicators of you progressing and certain people who are right for you. Like, I would say to, to really boil this down into a nutshell, is to pay attention to what version of yourself shows up around certain people. If you feel like life is more possible, if you feel like you can take on the world, if they, if you give them an idea and they give you the next three, four steps, that's a keeper. And you tell people and they quickly change the subject or they laugh it off and they go on about something else or they say, I don't even know how you're gonna, they present you with problems. They're, they're giving you hints that there's always gonna be obstacles in you becoming that version of yourself in their life. So. Jeez. That's a practical <laughs> tip right there. Yeah. And um, and I think that that's good parenting advice. That's good mentoring advice. Yeah. That's good guidance. That's, yeah. That's definitely good compass guidance. Oh, for sure. For some people, I know that the pandemic brought up a lot of internal um, abilities for them to like just think and, and sit with themselves and decide what they truly want. But that part that you're mentioning about like being able to evaluate your circle, mm -hmm. you know, I wonder the pros and cons of people who were living and maybe didn't see like they had as much control over the circle that they had, right? Mm. Oh my gosh, I know. So it's just kind of it's kind of yeah. in a place where like ooh, you know, it, but still thinking solution oriented, thinking how people find their way around people who are like them. Yeah, I think that is. That's the beauty of the yeah. advice you just gave. Yeah, you have to take you have to kind of take a long, a, a, like a long view of, of of being a solution to those people that you want to change in your life. For instance, like my sister, mm -hmm. she's an Aries, she's she's a, she's an Aries, she's a fire sign. So like I would try to tell her advice, and it was just concept and philosophy at this point. And so she was just like, no, but still, but still, she never would like take in what it is that I was saying. It wasn't until I moved here booking Netflix, seeing like, you know, me living my dreams, starting my own business. Now I'm able to engage with her. And she's like, hmm, maybe he's on to something. Like maybe, you know, he, he knows something and then I should, I should listen that, you know, that there's some, some credibility. Mm -hmm. So people use the, the phrase, you know, being a product, you, you're just a product of your environment. Okay, well, if that's the case, if you from your environment decide to go and become your more authentic version of yourself then within the environment the social network of your family of your community and who you are in that if you change then the entire environment changes because now they have a new representative to aspire to be like who has come from where they have come from and has a different story and so, yes, the statement is still true. We are products of our environment. But when we take the mindset 
in that statement that life does not only affect me, mm -hmm. but I can affect life too. Mm -hmm. Now we can live with that statement, but acknowledge our authenticity and then influence the environment. That's true. You just brought up a thought though. Yeah. Because what about, because when it comes to growth, I'm thinking that if one is not strong enough, not they won't influence the environment, they will revert back to mm -hmm. the environment. So where do you see the balance between influencing the, the environment that you go back to versus re reverting back to old ways and old behaviors and old thinking? You have to have like that awareness about yourself. Like sometimes you can't, you can't stay too long. You know, like the cousin who come and you know, she do real well for herself and she come grab a plate and all right, good <laughs> seeing you and she gotta go. Cause you know, she know like I start, you know, like, <laughs> It, you can't stay too long. You're like you have to. You have to start to to learn that and know that for yourself. And then in line with that too, sometimes you have to leave and get away so that you can become that version of yourself. Because I couldn't have. I couldn't be on the track that I am on now. I couldn't be becoming who 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 God has called me to be in the DC area because the environment is more corporate, it's more tier focused, more position focused. It's just like, oh, you're a GS 13, I'm a GS 14, so okay. Like, it's just, it's that kind of way. Um, and people, it's not a creative city, it's not an artistic city. It's a great city, it's a nice city, like it's beautiful, but the vitality of my dreams don't necessarily uh, exist in high probability with those people there. So, way to say that. yeah, <laughs> has anyone ever called you diplomatic? No, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I love it. No, but my friend, she talks about like because we we try to figure out because she's super like articulate too. So, we try to figure out like what percentile of like articulation, but I was a big like Scrabble nerd Ooh. growing up. See, I wish people around me play Scrabble. I, I'll I, play Scrabble with you. I'm down. Yeah, you have to teach me first. Okay, I, mean, I know the essence of the game. It's just that, like, with, when it comes to games like that, I've never played a full one. I'm only yeah. on TV, kind of. Yeah. Thing. Well, let me tell you about, like, a, a quick thing, like, about Scrabble that's interesting that's still played out as an example. You know, with Scrabble, you reach into this bag and you grab out seven tiles, and you can only play seven tiles at a particular time. Now, a lot of people, when they play Scrabble, they try to just play a big word, or they just try to play a word. But that's not really the strategy of the game. Each tile has a different value assigned to it. And then there's a couple of them that you can assign your own value to. We won't go into that. But the goal is on the board, you have double word score, you have double letter score, triple letter score, triple word score. The goal is to play words and play your tiles in a way that gets them the most value. So from a philosophical standpoint, it's not about what it is that you have. It's about how can you see what you have in the most valuable light and align it in certain places, environments at particular times in order to get the most value out of what it is that you have. And with the game, you know, two, four person game, you can only play in response to what the other people have played on the board. Mm -hmm. So as life continues to progress, it moves forward. You can't go back. So whatever's been played, that's, it may seem like an obstacle to you, but you spin the board and the next person sees an opportunity 
and they're able to move forward. And then even in editing now, it's the same thing because with clips, they're like little tiles in, in, in Scrabble. Mm -hmm. And you know, some of them have their fixed values and some of them you can assign values to. And it's not so much about just trying to put them all together to make the most elaborate piece, but rather how can you play them in a way that gets the most value and in respect to, you know, the what, rest of the board. yeah, exactly. Did y'all enjoy this? One? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you did. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think that you guys even, the more people who enjoyed this episode, yeah, just hit me up, send me a DM. Tell me how much you love this episode. Mm. That is what I need. I need you to listen to the episode. I need you to DM me your favorite part of this episode. <laughs> and and that would be a 100% gift to me. Because I, I just, I love the entire thing. Thank you. No, thank you so much <laughs> for having me and for creating this space. Like, I just, I appreciate this as well. I was just telling somebody earlier how you don't really get a chance to appreciate where you are in life, you know, until you pause and ask the questions so when you create a space and you ask those questions to other people like you provide so much back to them as well so i hope i did, did just as much the same you know yes. to you and to those and of you who are guys, watching if, yes. are you gonna journal are you are you gonna journal like me because i'm gonna journal right. <laughs> i love it yeah. yes well if there's anyone out here especially in atlanta and they want to come check out the Vibe Collective or yes. they want to um, work with you and, and um, hire you on. Yes. What are some ways that people can connect with you and work with you? Sure. So if social media is your go-to, um, RZNZ Productions. That's our Instagram. The link is in the bio for the website. And then the Vibe Collective is the Vibe Co. ATL on Instagram. We have shows the last. Um, Friday of every month and then with resonance just hit us up and we can see what you need and help you out so yeah check it out you might even see me there because I'm gonna sing a little bit more oh yeah <laughs> and she did her thing y'all like triple threat over here like <laughs> well until next time you guys go out and be great you know exactly what you do and you have what you need to catapult yourself forward so until right. next time I will see you guys later thanks Chris thank you thanks guys <laughs> Bye.